Hi guys. Hi guys. We love our, we love our uh, high pitched opening. Uh, hello and welcome to Wildcast, <laughs> the best podcast in the world. I fucking and love it. This week on the show, we've got. How was it again, Lee? Tom Seaweed. Tom Seaweed, yes. Tom Seaweed. He's uh, where's he? What's his his Facebook group? He's the what do you call it? The admin on the um. Is it uh, Sasquatch Island? Yeah, Sasquatch, Sasquatch Island. Sasquatch Island on a Facebook group, and he's yeah. a First Nations Indian from Canada, yeah. and he's like a massive expert on Sasquatch slash Bigfoot. Yeah, and we're interviewing him on the show today. Um, in a little while, and uh, we've already done the interview. It was a really good interview. He's a good oh, guy, yeah. and he's very knowledgeable about his stuff. A proper bushman too. Oh which yeah, a lot of people love all that stuff. So yeah. it's like you, you know, it's like the people that love the bush and love being the bushman and all that. And never actually go yeah. to the bush. You know that? You've noticed that? <laughs> yeah, they go to a field at the back of the house. Yeah, they got that, or they go and sit in the woods in a, in a tent for about an afternoon. Yeah, fail to light a fire, <laughs> and then go home for dinner, and then say, nah, I've been in the bush all day." And the bush yeah. was like the woods at the back of the, their house. Yeah, <laughs> the bush, yeah. Not exactly in the outback, mate. Yeah, a, a little bit bloke, of shrub. But this bloke is absolutely. What did he say? He lived in a bush for nine years. Nine years, yeah. Nine years he, living, living with Sasquatch in the bush. Yeah. Uh, um, like a Sasquatch, almost. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he's, you know, if you ever want to go to the, these people, these bush people that want to be bush people, if you ever want to go to the actual bush, go look Tom Seawood up in Canada and go on one of his yeah. tours and go with him, and then of you'll the, know what it's like to be in the bush. Of the Kwaku uh, Kwaku Kwaka. Yeah, that's what he was. I, yeah. I can't. He's it, to say. I can't say. Yeah, it. he, he was. Um, he basically t- tell you how it's pronounced on the show. Yeah, so. he will. Yeah, yeah. And we we attempt it, don't we? Yeah, no. we try. Yeah, I think I think there's a level of respect of trying. Yeah, he claim he claims we did a good job. I don't quite believe him. I think we did a shit job. <laughs> yeah. Speaking his language, but um. If you, if you, very importantly, something that I've been advised to say that I never ever do say because I don't like being a bit of a beg, but yeah. please subscribe and share this podcast if you enjoy what you hear today, because it's really, really important for me and Lee yep. to make sure we're entertaining as many people as possible when we do this. That's what it's all about. It's all about. We're not making any fucking money out of it. No. So don't, don't just want more money. We haven't made any money. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's nah, nah, nah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but what and, I love, go on, go on. I was say, but what I loved about about the 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 Bigfoot interviews that we do is it always brings me back to my childhood. Hang on, have, have, have you ever seen the film, Matt? Bigfoot and Hendersons. Is it a film or is it a series? It's a film. Right, I've never seen it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I would, it's, it's just like basically this family who go out camping and and the um and the father's a, uh, an avid hunter and he's taking his son hunting and on the way back from their camping they 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 don't they don't really kill anything on the way back from their camping they run over a bigfoot 
and decide to take him home. Right. Yeah, he's alive. They call him Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, that's his name. Yeah. He's, so does, does he not point out that actually oh, there's loads of me out there? <laughs> like someone running me over and calling me human. Yeah, I, w- I won't spoil it for the people who haven't seen the film. <laughs> spoil it? How old is it? <laughs> what was it, the 80s or something? Yeah, I think it was like late 80s, like 87, 88 or something like that. It was... It's, okay. it, I watched it. I watched it uh, a few months ago, actually, because uh, I was going for a few old films I've got on, on my box, and I thought to myself, "Yeah, I watched that one." And I was trying to trying to get my wife into it, but she was like, "No, I'm not having none of it. This is crazy." <laughs> <laughs> I, I can picture the uh, the the photo from it of the family and the Bigfoot standing there. Yeah, but it didn't it didn't entice me in with that. To be yeah. honest, I thought Just it was a bit like Sesame Street. Yeah, it's like Alf. Do you remember Alf? Yeah, I do remember Alf. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a sarcastic alien, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, who likes eating cats? We we forgot about Alf when we did our alien show, available yeah. on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Alien UFOs, David Icke and Valiant Thor show. Yeah. <laughs> on that show, we discussed all the different types of aliens that are uh, people that people recognise that are. The people think exist, yeah, and uh, we forgot to include Alf, so yeah. sorry about that. And was put Alf in there and pretend that Alf exists as well as small greys, large greys, reptilians, etc. Yeah, and Valiant Four, Valiant Four, no one can dispute Valiant Four's existence, it's an official document to all you conspiracy theorists out there. Speaking, oh, yeah. speaking of conspiracies. Now we've got we've got to start doing a new thing on this show because I'm in a lot of conspiracy groups now on on social media <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and me and Lee, conspiracy Lee, have decided yeah. that we read so many weird conspiracies now that we've never heard of before. Yeah, that we're going to start doing a conspiracy of the week to get to talk about. And this week's conspiracy of the week i don't know exactly what this was i'm gonna have to start screenshotting these conspiracies and reading them out to you (laughs) but this one was about an advert on tv about cat food right and uh the the conspiracy is i don't know what the cat food is if anyone knows what the cat food is everyone knows actually i'll get to that in a minute um there's cat food and the woman was feeding the cat this cat food and the cat was all over it because it loved the cat food so much. But in the background, apparently, the, the woman's kid had, it was injured in some way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, this is an American advert, apparently. I'm in the UK. I do not know what this is. Yeah. But because the kid was like trying to get her mum's attention, the mum was giving all of the attention to the cat. Now, that's just an advert, obviously lighthearted about, oh, the cats love the cat food or whatever. I don't even know what it was about. Yeah. But in the conspiracy world, that means that they are programming us to dislike our children now. To put cats cats ahead of our children. 
Um, in, in reality, Matt, I would put animals above people anyway. No, if you had a kid, you wouldn't. Like. No, <laughs> you no, no, kid no, in the no. background, it was bleeding out. You wouldn't keep stroking. Yeah, in a minute, in a minute. Yeah, you just wouldn't do get it. over it. Stop but crying. They're, they're, feeding, they're feeding their animal and ignoring the child, which means in conspiracy world, they are programming us through the television, which means, which means, by the way, tell a vision tell you what to think vision and the programs on it are called programs because you are programmed by they tell a vision (laughs) this is what i was told when i challenged this um and yeah so we're being programmed slightly so we don't really get it we don't really see only these people see it they're smarter than us so they see it but we don't but they know they're subtly programming us to no longer care about our kids. And do you know why? Do you know why they want us? Because they know if they keep yeah. going down this route that we'll all end up giving our kids to the government and won't care. <laughs> so they can put them in their paedophile rings and stuff. Where do they, where do they get this information? This is what the, 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 so the first person puts the post up yeah. and then everyone elaborates underneath what, because, because people, you know, normal people start questioning, what the fuck are you talking about? And yeah. uh, so then other people start telling you why underneath. But uh, I can't remember what I, I had wrote something. Um, Do you know what? I'm going to have to look this advert up now. Yeah. I'm gonna, when, when we're finished with, with the cast, I'm going to look up the uh, advert to see. And I'm going to see if I get programmed. Well, yeah, we all get programmed by the TV. <laughs> we can't think yeah. for ourselves because we're watching EastEnders. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Do you know, um, do you know, but... do you know what? I'm going I'm to see if um, I watch the advert, then when I see a kid, I'm going to instantly dislike them. Yeah, Lee, what you should do is you should um, join a couple of these groups. I'll send, you, I'll send yeah. you some invites. Yeah. And then you can just look for your own conspiracy. We could do a conspiracy of the week each, every time. Yeah. Every- because I uh, I love these. That's, uh, I mean, it's not the you know we've got conspiracy listeners. Yeah, conspiracy theories have got their place on this show, right? It's yeah. interesting to talk about, but there are some ridiculous conspiracy theories. While, while we're on the subject of conspiracy theories, by the way, yeah. by the way, at Whatcast on the Twitter. What cast on Instagram, if you've got any crazy conspiracy theories you want us to talk about that for our conspiracy of the week, or if you've got any subjects you'd want us to cover on this show that we want us to talk about in the main show, we will do it. If you just send us any kind of it, you know, a message, DM, whatever on at what cast with a K, what cast with a K on the Instagram on the conspiracy subject. Flat earthers. Mm. You people are possibly the most ridiculous people in the world, <laughs> in the globe. Oh, 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 and you know why yeah. I say this, right? Because I yeah. actually thought that I had come across, after two months of trying, a yeah. flat earther that was actually reasonable and willing to discuss flat earth on this Yeah. Now, not only was I wrong, but I was wrong twice, which never isn't the first time that's ever happened in my life. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and um, so this guy uh, was debating me in a, in a friendly-ish way, right? Yeah. A, a month ago, maybe. 
And I said to him, look, this is a reasonable debate. I'm happy to hear what you have to say. You come on the podcast and we'll talk about it rather than just throw mud at each other with other twats chiming in with their nonsense. Yeah. And he agreed. And then I waited a few days because we was busy doing other stuff. And then I messaged him and I said, do you want to come on? And he didn't reply. Mm. And then I got into it again with another flat earther because I thought I'd better go fishing again. Yeah. Um, went out to another flat earther that was an absolute moron that you just, you, I couldn't even put him on the show because his understanding of the basics of human life was so stupid. <laughs> I just thought I, it wouldn't even be a debate with this one. So I was just yeah. like basically poking him and laughing at him. Yeah. And then what do you know? The hero in the cape comes along again. I thought we were doing a podcast. What happened to that? He says to me. Right. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do it within the next couple of weeks. I'm thinking I'm not going to get into it with you. You completely ignored my message, but you're coming here to try and claim that I'm somehow avoiding you. Yeah. So then we had a couple of interviews with Bigfoot experts and stuff to do. And then I thought, right, I've got a bit of space now. I'm going to go back to that flat earther. Cause I've been screaming for one for ages. Gone back to him, messaged him again. Very polite. No reply. So to that flat earther, I'm not going to give you the benefit of reading your name out. No. Fuck yourself. But <laughs> do not waste my time again with your pretend that you're not frightened to get into a debate because it's there is nothing to be scared of anyway. It's just a fucking conversation. But yeah. don't come grandstand into your little flat earth friends on, on a another forum in the future trying to claim that somehow I'm swerving talking to you. That's twice you've ignored my message. Yeah. You don't get a third time. And to any other flat earther out there, you come begging me now to come on it. <laughs> I ain't going asking anyone else to come on this show. If you want to talk about flat earth, I don't believe any of you believe it, to be honest. No, I don't. You know, it, I don't. You know it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Yeah. Um, and if any of you want to come on here and debate flat earth with me, then you contact me at Whatcast on anything. And we'll sort it out if you contact me. I am yeah. no longer looking for flat earthers to come on this show. You, you are, you don't have a spine between you. Yeah. The end. No. I, I, I agree, mate. Uh, they, they can't, they, they can't argue with science. They can't, uh, they can't, they can't get up a debate about anything about flat earth because it simply doesn't make sense. We've had, for example, we've had two, we've had the last two weeks, this week and last week, we've had a, a Bigfoot expert coming on. Yeah. And people take the piss out of that. People laugh at that and call him crazy, these people. Yeah. We might have done that. They didn't know what we was going to do. No. They've come on with the, they've defended their position on Bigfoot. They've yeah. come on, they've spoke about it without any kind of fear. And they know if they get, if they come under any scrutiny, well, hang on, I've got these, I've got this to back myself up. They're, we're happy to have the debate. They're happy to have the conversation. Yeah. Two of them in a row. And we could go get another 10 if we wanted to. Yeah, definitely. Because they actually believe what they're saying. Mm. Flat earth, you don't believe what you're saying. If you believed what you're saying, you would put it up. Every, we don't have a trouble with, we could get, pick another subject of anything and get people on like that. Yeah. The, other than the, flat earth 
oh, it's because you're not popular enough. Really? Or is it because you're twats? <laughs> I say the latter. Anyway, it's about time we through to this interview now. This is uh, yeah. a bit of a long intro. So we're going to now take you to the interview with Tom Seaweed, and I hope you enjoy it. See, we'll see you later for Hate of the Week, yeah, by the way. See you later. Always got to hang around for Hate of the Week. At the end of the show, Hate of the Week, you'll love it. Stick around. See you later. is Tom Seaweed, correct? Yes, correct. Perfect. And, Hi, uh, Tom. Hi. He's from Sasquatch Island. He's uh, First Nations Indian and a Sasquatch investigator. And this is what we want. So, hello, Tom. How are you? Kela Kasla. Greetings to you and to all your listeners in my language of Kwakwala from the Kwakwakiwak First Nation. Bunch of Indians from... Northeastern Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. I couldn't yeah. even attempt to say that. What did you just say? A quack, 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 quack. What? Quack, quack, you walk. So basically, do it I'm like the Shakespeare. Do it like the Shakespearean stanzas. Go. Oh, wow. do, <laughs> do, do the walk of the quack, quack, you walk. Say it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say you walk. Yeah, perfect. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Excellent. I was watching. I was watching your video earlier, and um, I, I was here. Like when when you said that, I was I was uh, repeating it in my head to say it, like, to get it right. So <laughs> yeah, did you, did you do it then, Lee? I didn't hear you. Try quack quacky walk, quack quacky walk. Both yeah. of you, you did it perfect. Oh, yeah. see, you learn something yeah. new every day. Yeah. yeah, we used to we used to be called quagyutl or quagyoth, but the yeah. last twenty five years, the sixteen tribes of the nation stepped up and said no we are Kwakwakiwak, the Kwakwala speaking oh. people yeah how many generations that hand down then tom like since the dawn of our creation thousands yeah. of years ago nice so you are you canadian or american i'm canadian but i'm in canada and the united states we have this treaty called the jay treaty the jones treaty J jones act and basically what yeah. it means is there for most of us Indians, there is no 49th parallel border. So as long as we prove our blood, uh, I can't remember what the term is, but anyway, you prove you're a thoroughbred Indian and you have all the right documentation, you don't need a passport. You can go back and forth across the border without being stopped. Wow. Yeah. Bonus. Dude, that's amazing, isn't it? It's like, that's just like brilliant. Well, it's, you know, we call the... Uh, like my group is called Sasquatch Island. Now, what it refers yeah. to is North America, because North yeah. America by the indigenous tribes for thousands of years is referred to as Turtle Island because it looks like a turtle from space. Go figure. I don't know yeah. how they got it. I'm not going to get into UFOs, but yeah. we've <laughs> called North America Turtle Island. I call it Sasquatch Island because everyone, native and uh, non-native, even visitors from other countries that come here, some of them have stories about these big, huge, hair-covered, bipedal, humanoid creatures known as Sasquatch or Bigfoot. And, of yeah. course, every Indian tribe has their own names for it. Yeah. Because What's your name for it? Tunakwa. 
Wild Woman of the Woods. It was lost oh. in translation. It actually should mean the like a ogre from the woods because there's male and female ones. And my tribe, yeah. the Kwakwakiwak, when you study in the internet and the history books and you come to Pacific Northwest, you'll find that of all the Indian tribes in North America, the Kwakwakiwak have the greatest cultural uh I guess you could say connection to the Chunakwa, the wild ones of the woods, because yeah. it's our highest rank crest. So when you see these things that people call totem poles, we have numerous names for the different types of carved cedar tree that becomes a pole. Those are our family crests, and the highest yeah. rank crest is the Chunakwa, the Sasquatch. Oh. Yeah. So, Tom, does it like, like, I don't mean to like, sound naive here. Like, do you, you say like the Indians? Have you ever seen the film called Last of the Mohicans? Because that was um, based in Canada of like the, um, the, the the old empire. Yeah, yeah. Is it kind of like like do, like the Indian Mohican Indians? Um, I don't sound to be silly when I say that. It's just the only way I can describe it. Well, I totally agree with you because a lot of us First Nations, North American Indians, we refer to the Sasquatches as the other tribe, the yeah. other ones. So to me, after, you know, living in, like I lived out in the bush for 26 plus years. Like I was the epitome of a modern day Bushman off yeah. grid, carrying a gun, pack sack full of cigarettes and coffee. And off I went with my equipment. And when I was hungry, I harvested. I lived off the land and water. And yeah. being out there, I knew they were always around, you know, from time yeah. to time. And to me, they were just the other tribe. My tribe yeah. tells us to always show them respect. So that's what I did. But then when I, you know, sort of got, I guess you could say, urbanized and got some concrete in my eyes and started living in the city with my common-law wife here in Kent, Washington, and that yeah. and I started watching these TV shows on these Sasquatches, I'm just like, wow, you know, these yeah. people, are they're, they're out to lunch. They keep speculating that these things don't exist. Let's go out there for a few months. You'll know they exist. And to yeah. me, as I, you know, started studying more and more and listening to the other um, scientists and investigators and working with the late Dr. John Bindernagel from Vancouver Island, who wrote two books on Sasquatches, and he was sort of a, one of our old guard up until three yeah. years ago when he passed. But me and him back in early 90s, when I came out of the bush and shared with him my uh, experiences with the other tribe, we believed it was a branch of the evolution of Gigantopithecus blackie. And, you know, as things progressed into the 2000s, John and I both agreed that, no, I don't think it's Gigantopithecus blackie because, you know, I think it's more a feral human. You know, maybe yeah. it's a hybrid. We don't know. And that's where I look at it. I look at Sasquatches as feral humans. So, yeah. like, like, when your ancestors came here to colonize Canada... A lot of us Indians, yeah. we hid from you guys, your ancestors. Yeah. No, we didn't want yeah. to accept the good book and wear stiff clothing and send our kids to school and eat with our pinkies sticking out. You know, we wanted to use <laughs> yeah. our fingers and dip our yeah. meat into our fish oil that you guys call your yeah. ancestors called rancid. So we moved back into the isolated regions of our traditional territories, a lot of people, to hide from colonialism and being assimilated into what they would call the Dominion of Canada for quite some time. 
and even me in the early 1990s, I had received a bill from our tax department that was crushing. It was, you know, over $120,000. That's a lot of money. And I was just like, I got to a point where I hate the non-Indians. I don't like the establishment and all this stuff and they're punishing me with uh, with fines. So I went feral. I went into the bush and I didn't come out for nine years. And I'd come out to party and spend a few dollars I made out there, you know, because I was a hunting guide for grizzly bears. I was a commercial fisherman, ecotourism operator, uh, harvesting seafoods and selling it. And I was also watching logging camps in the winter all by myself. So I went feral. And, you know, I understood by that almost a decade of doing that, what it's like to, to be a Sasquatch. I remember one time being almost three months in bush and, yeah. you know, I was out of cigarettes and coffee and I could smell coffee and I could smell cigarette smoke and I'm walking down the mountain towards yeah. where these voices were coming from and here were some forestry workers out in the middle of Timbuk frickin' nowhere doing their work <laughs> and I'm yeah. pulled a branch down and I'm peeking at them and I'm seeing the thermoses of coffee and I'm seeing the cigarettes and the cigarette smoke. But all of a sudden, I just thought, last thing I want to do is interact with another bloody concrete human. And I just yeah, lifted the yeah. branch and turned and walked back into the forest. And that's exactly what Sasquatches do. They hate us. Yeah. They loathe us. They despise us. And they don't yeah. want to interact with us. Yeah. Sorry, Lee. Um, no, go on. Was you just brought up on 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 believing in the Sasquatch? You it's just taught by your elders that they say that they are just there, and it, so it's never been in doubt to you. Is this true? Oh, absolutely! It's you know my my tribe's highest rank crest, and uh, when you know as far back as I can remember, I remember as a kid in Alert Bay, you know my parents and others saying, "Tommy, you behave yourself." Chonakwa, the Sasquatch is watching you. If you misbehave, act like a brat be lazy, Junokha is going to come at night with her big hairy arm and stick it through the window and grab you, shove her in her basket, in your ba- in her basket on her back, and she's going to bring you deep into the forest, up high in the mountains to her invisible home, and that's where she'll boil you up and eat you. So you behave yourself, Tommy. It was our boogeyman. It was the way, yeah. and they, I did it with my children when they were younger. And so the Junokha was always that, you know, as a kid, it was that scary, spooky thing. And I remember one day in Alert Bay, I went to the candy store. And you got to remember, this was a small little island with probably about uh, 1,500 people at the time living on it. We had paved roads and everything. And, but anyway, I went to the uh, Eddie Wong's Chinese store, own store, and I bought my candies. And I was hanging out with some friends playing on the beach. I looked up and the sun was going behind the western mountains on Vancouver Island across from us. And boy, my little feet just carried me as fast as I could northwards down the main road along the beach. And then I had to walk, go by the graveyard. And when I looked up into Alert Bay Graveyard, there were the, all the carved memorial poles, which you guys would call a totem pole, but beautifully yeah. carved and weathered and aged. And of course, four of them at the bottom with large figures carved, with outstretched arms, large pendulous breasts, puckered up lips because they go whoop, 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 and sleepy eyes because they're nocturnal. They, yeah. Those were the Jonahas carved on the memorial poles, the highest rank crest. And all I kept thinking was, oh, no, Jonahas going to get me. I got to get home. So, yeah, <laughs> we've always been brought up being scared of them. 
So I was, I need to ask that then because for stuff that you've said this week on this show, we had a lady on last week that was saying that they they leave. Is it glyphs? Oh, that's a bunch of BS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my question. Yeah, she when was, it comes she, to... She, she was hear... basically saying that they're around her property and they leave stuff around the woods. She's not saying that she's out chatting with them and stuff, but they were around. This You're not buying that. I don't buy it because I've lived in the bush and I'm a bushman. So when you're a hunter-gatherer living in bush and you're a Sasquatch with no clothes, no tools, no weapons, it's all about eat, 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 eat. And sleep and poo. That's all you do. You don't yeah. have time to waste energy making glyphs, tree structures that are intricate and, you know, doing things like that. So I just look at it as BS, you know, like you know, I'm, I'm a hardliner, you know, because to me, it's about respecting Chunachla, the Sasquatch, from my tribe's yeah. perspectives. And when people bring in the wooism, the porthole jumping, cloaking, mind speaking, UFO flying, glyph making intricate tree structure twisting sasquatches i find it so disrespectful towards the sasquatch but because i find 90 percent of it to be bs you know yeah. you know you don't bs about sasquatch that's disrespectful and i just look at it especially with the men they have small penises and they're trying to get attention by coming up with all this <laughs> grandiose speculation <laughs> yeah so what, what are your experiences then so so when you was in the bush did you full-on see close-up Sasquatch, or did you just find evidence, footprints, whatever, or did you have any kind of um, – did you do they, do they make noise? Do they try and talk? Do they growl? Do they do anything like that? They When they first went out there in the late 80s, you know, I always knew they were there, but, you know, when I was clam digging and that at nighttime at the low tide. But, you know, later on when I went full into bush, you know, for most of the year – you know, you'd have things like, you know, a rock roll down into your camp or on the beach when you're sitting around the campfire at night. And you knew it yeah. was just out of the ordinary. And then every now and then you'd feel the hair stand on the back of your neck like you knew you were being watched, what I call being beaded on, where someone's eyes yeah. are beating on you. And yeah. you'd have that, well, this yachbala, that big stink from time to time that smells <laughs> like a street person, but... 25 to 30 times more rancid that rotten yeah. body human odor and you know and then at nighttime you'd sit bolt upright when you heard Rrrr! and it's up an answer whoop 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 from another yeah. island and you knew darn well they weren't wolves they weren't night birds you know they we didn't yeah. have coyotes out there so you knew it was the other tribe and You'd, I'd plug my ears and go, la, 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 go to sleep, Tommy, go to sleep. You don't hear that. <laughs> yeah. And then one time, you know, I could, I had, uh, where I was living, I highly recommend it. There's a book called Totem Poles and Tea. And I highly recommend people read it because where the Owens farm, the elderly couple that had a farm on Village Island, that's where yeah. I put my trailer with a 10 by 10 foot edition. And it had plum trees from the Owens farm back in the early 1900s. And I remember you'd hear deer and bears in the plum trees. And then a couple nights you'd hear things that didn't sound like deer or bears. And then the next morning you'd go out and there'd be these big by footprint impressions in the three foot high grass and the moss under the trees. And 
of course, all the high plums were picked, all the ripe ones. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, oh, guess the other tribe was here. And then uh, <laughs> one night I was listening to the howling and roaring from island to island, two different Sasquatches, I figured. Then all of a sudden behind my trailer and cabin, about 20 feet, came this bloody scream like I made. That thing, I, I could feel my head vibrating. That thing was so loud. Here it was outside my bedroom window. And I remember covering myself up, pulling my 12 gauge and my 30 30 rifle close to me. Thinking <laughs> that big hairy arm comes through the window. I got to fight for my life, even though I know yeah. I'm not supposed to harm them, according to my yeah. tribal beliefs and laws. But then I sitting there shaking, scared. And I just thought, gee, I got to go take a pee. And I'm like, ah. And I said, Tom. <laughs> You got to make up your mind. All the stories say they're never going to harm you. So just go outside. So I walked out, opened the door. And as soon as I walked out, I'm, yo, uiksas, chunakwa. Hello, how are you doing? I don't know who you are, chunakwa. And then the bushes quit moving behind the trailer. And yeah. I took my bathroom break. And then nothing. I just went back in the trailer and went to sleep. And that's when I understood they're the humans of the night. I'm the part of the humans of the day. And that's yeah. when I got braver. And that's when I started looking a little bit closer at things that were happening out in the bush and realizing, you know, where I just look up and, yo, Bixas, Junachwa, Majos. Hey, how you doing, Junachwa? I don't know who you are. What are you up to? And <laughs> once or twice I got a, <clears throat> and they just move off. Yeah. So it's, so you know, you yeah. No, I would say, have, so apart from hearing them, have you actually seen any, like, actually quite close up? Or? Oh, yeah. We had uh, two early 1990s, we anchored out outside of my little cabin trailer and my commercial fish boat, which is about 55, 60 feet long with my three crew people. And uh, we heard something and smelled something off the beach, seen two shadows walk by the front of the trailer and this is about hour after dark with a full moon out and no yeah. wind or rain and we hit the spotlight which is probably a million candle watt and lo and behold the big male and a big female they want the female rolled up in a fetal position on her knees and yeah. with her head looking behind her because her buttocks were facing us and the big male yeah. dropped to his knee with his arm in front of his face and for 25 minutes or so with the spotlight on, we witnessed these two big Sasquatches and uh, turned the light off and started the bat the motor to charge the batteries of my old boat. One of my crewmen was so scared, he went and hid in his bunk. We never saw him until daylight. And yeah. uh, my girlfriend, the cook, she went to sleep. And after about an hour running the battery uh, motor, run charging my batteries, we shut it off. And me and my native crewman, friend of mine, we went out on deck and lo and behold the big male came out again and we actually saw it in the moonlight running along yeah. the beach squatting until my crewman went tommy what the hell is that and that thing stood up and went Ugh! and man that thing was huge we hit the spotlight on it just as it was going in the bush and it got into the bush you could hear it walking through and it whistled really deep and loud and the high pitch whistle came further in the bushes and it was you could hear them walking through the brush like they met each other and they went to the west which would have meant brought them into the abandoned <coughs> native village of mine with wild fruit trees growing everywhere 
And that was yeah. in the end of September, which is prime time for plums, apples, and crab apples and blackberries. So it was one of my greatest, my first encounters seeing them. And uh, then after that, I've had numerous encounters. You can probably bring me on for about another half dozen episodes and I could share <laughs> each one. But, you know, I've been as close as eight feet face to face with a juvenile male about six and a half feet tall i scared the hell out of him when i popped out of a pile of leaves that i was hiding in when i was yeah. just uh, i wanted to put the jig on him teach him that yeah you're <laughs> you're mr sasquatch but i'm tom c with the bushman who's better and i got the better of him that night he got scared jumped backwards growled at me turned and woofed and Went through the bushes like uh, Lori going 60 kilometers an hour, snapping and breaking bushes and everything. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. So, so sorry, Lee. <laughs> you have to get some order to this. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so you said juvenile male there. Yeah. Six and a half feet. Yeah. So a fully grown male would be how tall? His daddy's about eight foot. Seven, I, I would say seven, six to eight foot. I've had a few run-ins with his dad. His dad's an ornery cuss, so am I. But uh, we both respect one another. You know, I've seen him, you know, come walking out of the bush. And, you know, I'm like, yo! And he looked at me and he just backed up, went back in the bush. It's respect. That's what yeah. I, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to ever harm them. You want to share everything with them. But you also, if they don't know you're there, I acknowledge I'm here so that, you know, they don't get spooked. Because the bush rule is if you spook any animal, there's a good chance it's going to come tear you up, eat you, and poop you out, yeah. you know? Have you, ever, yeah. have you ever heard of that, any, them harming anybody? Oh, hell yeah. It's in my really? native stories about them taking bad children. We have all kinds of numerous First Nations accounts of uh, kidnappings and others being kidnapped and never seen again. I'm even following the reports of my fellow tribes in this modern day that are still the odd kidnapping or pickup and tossing has taken place. My friend in Omaha Indian Reservation in Omaha, Nebraska, central U.S., he's a fellow investigator, friend of mine, and uh, I've been out there. They call him Sitonga, Keepers in the Medicine. He went into a cave and took something from where the Sitongas were living during the winter. It was a corn cob with husk that looked was woven to look like a crude uh, doll teddy bear. And yeah. anyway, he took it. I have pictures of it. And he brought it home. And a uh, few, few nights later, they were out watching the Leonard meteor showers in the summer, in the August. And all of a sudden, they noticed his... Uh, six-year-old daughter was missing 45 minutes after frantic looking, frantically looking around for her and calling the police and everything she come walking into the out of the darkness into the front yard and when everyone of course is all happy that she didn't get you know kidnapped by a human or anything like that or a sitonga you know they're hugging her and everything and that's when my friend asked where were you honey where what happened to you oh the big hairy man picked me up and took me in the bushes for a walk i could hear you calling for me but he just he just kept putting his fingers on my mouth or something so that she wouldn't scream out but here ah. the six-year-old girl wasn't even afraid and what the sassy tongas were doing to him 
was saying, you went into our cave, you went into our sanctuary, our home. We've taken your daughter. We can do the same and worse. So yeah. watch what you do. And because of that, he really curtailed his investigations. He, he Because I gave him FLIR, video equipment, audio equipment to try to get conclusive proof. And uh, he's just backed off, you know, and I think he's on us, you know, in all honesty, I think he got the beep scared out of him that, you know, he doesn't want to push the Sitonga anymore. And once yeah. again, goes back to the respect level. He disrespected them. Yeah. Lee? No, I was, I was going to say, that's, it's like, it's crazy because it's, it's like they've got this huge amount of intelligence because the like the lady we interviewed last week was saying that they're she calls them people. Is that what you call them? Some are they people to you? I call them humans of the night because yeah. I think what happened. It's just my hypotheses on everything. But you know, being an Indian for fifty five years, you know, if I basically have a PhD and you know our our and our anthropological culture and heritage parts of who we are and also studying other tribes and you know it's a lot you can think a lot more in depth when you're a 55 year old Indian than you can a five-year PhD coming into a native village so yeah. anyway I think what happened was thousands of years ago we all know we we're you know poo tossing chimpanzees at one time or something equivalent yeah. to that covered in hair bashing each other over the head with a stone and tossing our poo at one another and one yeah. day we finally came from being a quadrupede to a bipede and we walked into evolution faster and progressed faster because we started to get clothing and tools and build shelters and then we started to develop our agriculture our social structures our religion our yeah. you know everything and i think at that time i think some of the chiefs looked at their families and go look at this rotten world we live in now we have greed yes. we have envy we have yearning and want of other things we have desire we have sloth we have uh, pettiness and gossiping look at yeah. us living in this tent teepee longhouse or pit house this is wrong so as your chief of the, our family clan i demand everyone tonight we're going to take off our clothes and our leave our weapons with our clothes and we're going to walk out of this village and go back to where we were with nature before our stories yeah. tell us how we lived more in tune with nature we had you know quick little shelters and then we moved on harvesting the next day and hunting and we built another shelter or found a cave we're going to do that and when they yeah. did that creator god kicked in with his evolution he gave them the ability to go feral to get bigger and more robust he gave them more hair and then because these other tribe were competing with the humans that had mass weapons fire they were losing the battles for the protein accumulations yeah. so then the other tribe said let's start harvesting and hunting at night and god gave them the ability to have nocturnal vision and that's where the feralism the evolution uh, and that's where I think the Sasquatch is. It's uh, yeah. it's a it's in the same path as the human. But then again, if we look at humans, you know, a lot of us, you know, they say one in two hundred people in uh, Asia have Genghis Khan's genes in them because he was a 
you know, basically, you can't say a whoremonger, but he was a womanizer for sure. Yeah, And, definitely. you know, so <laughs> if we look at that and then we compare it to Neanderthal, we know that Neanderthal genes are found in a lot of humans, especially from Europe and Eastern Asia, Western Asia. So that being said, in that evolutionary branch growth, 100, 250,000 years ago in North America and other places, maybe that Neanderthal split went off and became us, human, but at the yeah. same splitting, the other one came off more robust and became Sasquatch, Yeti, uh, Yowie, Skunk Ape, and the other names for Sasquatches in six other continents of the world. Yeah. What did, what did the lady say uh, last week, Matt, that uh, the locals called a Sasquatch in, in the area? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, um, wood, wood, wood boogers, wasn't it? Wood boogers? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she's definitely from the southeast Midwest area. Yeah, wood boogers. Yeah. yeah, there's over, you know, there's probably 500 names in North America alone for the Sasquatch. And then you yeah. factor in the small one, the little people, the little hair-covered bipedal creatures that we... Indians have been speaking about and carving. There's a mask of one right behind my right shoulder right now. But, yeah. you know, you know, there's two, we know as Indians, well, me in the Pacific Northwest, we know there's two other bipedal hair-covered creatures we share our worlds with since the dawn of creation. Yeah. So, so do you <coughs> think, like, like uh, they live in, like, family groups or, like, community groups with, with, within... Uh, like the environment, like well, a tribe. Where they live in tribes, I was taught by one of my Indian teachers, they have harvesters, hunters, scouts, and rogues. You don't yes. want to be near the rogues. They are clan leader males that got toppled, which is God's creation once again, always having genetic strengthening of your uh, species. So when the male got, gets toppled, we speculate that they go rogue. They get bigger, more aggressive, and they seem to be either in my area anyway, up in northeastern Vancouver Island off there in what they call the Broughton Archipelago. I know of one rogue up there we call Crease, and he's yeah. pretty much a homesteader for the last, oh, God, got to be close to 20 years now. I know he's on one of three islands. You go to one yeah. of three islands in a day, you're going to get something thrown at you or tree shooken or roared at or, you know, bluff charged. You know, he's an ornery old bugger, you know. You know, it's yeah. like humans, too. You know, you go down to the pub, there's always that old cantankerous <laughs> wrinkle bloke sitting down at the end of the bar. Yeah. Everyone knows that you don't go sit with because he's ornery than hell and probably throw his beer in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You're, you're um around your kind of friends and stuff. Is everybody? Is there? You got any skeptics around you? Oh yeah, we just punch them in the nose. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we're humans. We're so poo do, do, do you not ever get? Do you not ever get tempted when somebody's saying to you, "Oh yeah, that's a load of bullshit" or whatever? That you would just say, "Come to the bush with me," and I, just see if they shit themselves basically just oh, for a laugh i've done this challenge since i started my facebook group called sasquatch island about six years ago i have over 6200 members now but uh oh, yeah. it's one of the most it's probably the most unique sasquatch 
group on Facebook because it's all focused on the First Nations perspectives, beliefs, encounters, and my investigations and different things I'm doing, like podcasting with Monster X Radio and you know video casts I'm doing with Sasquatch Island. Talking to you guys, I'll put a link up there as well to your show. You know, and it's you know it's very unique, and I always yeah. get the odd skeptic when I post in other groups. Oh, they're not true, yada 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 yada, and I go. Well, are you a Christian? And Americans really are defensive about Christianity. Of course, yeah. I'm a Christian. Well, yeah. how many times have you seen your God? Well, there you He's go. Supposed to walk yeah. with you every day, twenty four seven, isn't he? Well, God is this <laughs> and that, and that, and that. You sound like you're a Sasquatch investigator with the woo yeah. factor thrown in, you know. <laughs> so then I shut him up, and then they usually get, you know, because they got a small penis, they got to throw their poo at me and attack again. <laughs> and then that's what I post so everyone can see it. Congratulations, John Smith! You just won two weeks free Sasquatch tour guide Tom bringing you into the bush of northeastern Vancouver Island. We're not going to bring any food, only stuff to make fire a rifle, some fishing gear, and some coffee and cigarettes, and we're going to go live like a Sasquatch for two weeks. That would cost someone probably at two fifty a day close to $3,000 for that expedition. So you just want it free. Get a, get yeah. your whiny butt on an airplane, and I'll see you in Vancouver, and I'll bring you forth. <laughs> I've done that to about 20 people. No one's taken me up on the offer. Tom, I, I totally want to do that. Like, I yeah. really, really want to go to Vancouver anyway. I would love like, my, to, yeah. my son, my, I've got a 10-year-old, and, and he's just so into like nature and wildlife. He just wants to be seeing new animals and stuff. Um, I'd love to go to Vancouver. And if I come to Vancouver, I want to do that because <laughs> that sounds amazing. So what, what is your tour thing that you do in Vancouver? What is it, Sas, Sas, what is it Sasquatch? Sasquatch Island. Island. What it right, is, okay. I'm just... We're just constructing the website. Basically, what it is is it's not one of those tour companies where you go book August 1st to the August 5th at 8 a.m. pickup time. I don't do that Caucasian cityite type of bookings. Yeah. It's basically my email, and you say, I'm coming to Vancouver. I'll be there for six days. I'd like to do a Sasquatch an expedition. And I'll say, sure, let's do – I recommend we do the Vancouver – urban Sasquatch adventure. We're going to take you to all the, what you guys call totem poles, the museums, and other places with all of the Sasquatch carvings from the First Nations and others. And if you want, option B is we're going to go to Chilliwack to where the word Sasquatch comes from the Chehalis tribe. And we're going to go meet my friends in the Chehalis nation, including the chief. And they're going to bring us into their traditional territories and we can do an overnight listening and using the night vision FLIR camera equipment I have and listening devices. And then others might say, well, where, where are you right now, Tom? Well, when you come here in August, I'll either be in Kent, Washington, or I'll probably be on Vancouver Island and Campbell River. Yeah. Well, why don't you come to Campbell River and we'll go there and we'll go to my five cabins that look like native style big houses, the traditional homes of my tribe. And the edge of Johnson Straits with whales going by and eagles oh, flying and squawking. But we call it Sasquatch Investigation Camp because it's on like Donkey Kong in there. You go in there and at yeah. nighttime you're lucky to sleep with them big hairy buggers probing and walking <laughs> around the camp. You know, they yeah. don't come close. Yeah. They don't like our trail cameras, but we're trying. You know, and last yeah. week my uh, investigator, like uh, the Vancouver Island chapter of Sasquatch Island, Two of my mates, uh, they went in there with a third guy, and uh, they found tracks, heard tree knocks, 
And uh, the, the guy they brought in when they were walking out after two days up to the vehicle, he had uh, something parallel him in the bush. He couldn't see it, but he knew because he's an investigator. And then as he was monkeying around with his pack, getting ready to put it back on his back. You got to remember, these three blokes are all in their 60s. They're all broken down Bushmen. Yeah. And, you know, they're just basically stumbling and crawling with big, heavy packs. And all of a sudden, he looks up, and they're a tree. And there's a tree peeker, we call it, when they pop out and look at you. And it just yeah. looked at him and just popped back and disappeared. So there, you know, we do all kinds of expeditions. The best thing is just go to SasquatchIsland.com. And uh, it's just basically an email contact. Send me an email. Give me your phone number. I'll phone you and uh, we can discuss. Give me the time to phone you and I'll we'll phone and discuss what kind of expedition for Sasquatch investigation you'd like to go on. I'll just, I'll just come on to your, I'll come on to your Facebook group and just say, it's all a load of shit. It's all a load of shit. And see if you give it to me for free. Is that, shall I try that? <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> The ones that go out free with me, I strip down rubbing bacon fat and honey and I use a Sasquatch bait. <laughs> pass. pass. We will pay. That will pass. I'd love to visit that part of the world. Like I've never been to Canada anywhere. I've been to the States a few times, but I've never been up to Canada. And I wouldn't fancy the Toronto side. And the, I'd, I'd rather go Vancouver and see the the wildlife and stuff like that. And if you could see a Sasquatch, even well, you better. The, you have to get to Vancouver Island. That's where you got to go. A place called Campbell River on Vancouver right. Island's east, central yeah. eastern side. And that's the edge of the frontier. An hour and a half drive up the highway, hour up the highway, half an hour down a dirt logging road down to the saltwater is my cabins. And that whole area just on Vancouver Island, it's you know probably the... Got the most activity for Sasquatches this year has been just bumper. I can get in pretty much every other day. I'm getting reports from people all around Vancouver Island and British Columbia. But come to Vancouver Island, it's on. And, you know, it's also Vancouver and Vancouver Island are the highest concentration of wood carvings of Sasquatches on Earth, native and non native. It's just amazing just to see that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Tom, quick question. Um, a bit of a bit of a dark side to the old uh, Sasquatch subject now, because like we, you, I always see videos of people trying uh, trying to investigate the Sasquatch, like get video footage, uh, photo footage. But have you ever had anyone coming to Vancouver Island trying to actively hunt the Sasquatch? Not no more. It's illegal to hunt the Sasquatch since the early 1980s in Vancouver Island and Washington yeah. State. And so, that, sorry, 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 Tom. So, so you're saying that if it's illegal, so it's, it, it's accepted that they are real? Yes and no. Like, you know, you got to remember that if you're the head of the Minister of Wildlife in British Columbia and you start saying uh, we close this rest stop on the highway because... Uh, Sasquatch activity, political suicide. Someone's going to oust yeah. them and go, you know, we're the same democracy as you guys in England, you know, a bunch of whiny yeah. buggers, you know, bitching and complaining. And, oh, my God, you tarnished our yeah. industry, our ministry. You got to go. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the way we are, too. That's why we're called British Columbia. We got all your bad habits. So yeah. anyway, it's, just kidding, everyone listening. Got to have fun. That's, that's why it's Indians. So Indians have big cheeks. We like to laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 
Me, I'm an Indian. So in Canada, I have a plastic card in my wallet. It's my status card. It shows that I'm an Indian, what tribe I belong to, my number, my birth date. So I need it when I go fishing or hunting and someone says, hey, can I see your license? I show my card. I have 365 days a year, hunt fish whenever I want for food, social, ceremonial purposes called food fishing, we call it, or food hunting. So that's our right. That's our God-given creator right that the, thank God, the colonial government at the time in the Dominion of Canada's creation instilled within our constitution and our laws. So we still have that right and freedom. And so anyway, I just say, when I'm in the bush, I'm going to harvest what I want to eat. Yeah. But I have respect levels. I won't go shoot a grizzly bear because I don't like eating their meat. You know, I might harvest them in the right time of the year if someone needs a hide or bones or something for carving or someone yeah. wants the meat that likes to eat it. But I don't just go kill for kill. I kill for harvest. or food social ceremonial but when it comes to the sasquatch or even another human if anything comes within my 15 yard circle and they come in aggressively wanting to kill me eat me and poop me out well they become food social ceremonial real quick and i'm going to dump every chunk of lead in my shotgun into them so that's where i stand when it comes to the bush bush rules are survival of the fittest and i carry a 12 gauge when i'm out there (laughs) <laughs> that should do the job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was a hunting yeah. guide for decades. You know, I was like, what do you call yeah. it? Hunted, I can't remember how many grizzly bears and hundreds of black bears and wolves and things I got. I lived in the bush and I was a high paid hunting guide for trophy hunters. And, uh, you know, so I know the bush and, you know, it's out there. It's everything gets pooped out eventually. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Have you got. Um any like evidence to point to for people that might be listening like a website with kind of like footprints or anything like that that you could kind of share with the listeners or i highly recommend just you know go on facebook and go ask to join sasquatch island and that's my group and go to the bathroom grab a beverage sit down for a couple three hours and i guarantee you you're going to be mesmerized like a woman was the last three days she said it took her two and a half days to go through my entire facebook group and she goes tom you need to write a book i said i have it's just on uh, internet and i'm giving it to you for free so it's i don't put repetitive posts i don't put anything about the woo-woo side of sasquatch but it's very interested from a bushman indians perspective and you know because like i say i've been an indian for 55 years and i've lived in bush most of my adult life and i've been a commercial fisherman for going on 45 years now and i've traveled the entire british columbia coast talking to other tribes and other homesteaders and locals and fishermen about Sasquatches, I'm able to bring something into the Sasquatch community of investigators and enthusiasts that no non-Indian can. So Sasquatch Island on Facebook, ask to join. It'll blow you away, I guarantee. And you'll see my email and my phone numbers there. Get a hold of me. Yeah. Um, Another thing, uh, Tom. So, again... Talking to the la- the lady uh, the other week on on Sasquatch, um, are Sasquatches like migrational? Do they go to different parts through because of the different seasons, or do they stay in one one place? I can only speak from my region, the Pacific Northwest, Washington State, and British Columbia coastal region. 
and they yeah. are semi-nomadic like us Indians were and still are from the region. So they're always in flux. They're always moving according to seasonal high concentration proteins, be yeah. it salmon spawning, herring spawning in the shallows in March, uh, the fr fruits and uh, berries this time of the year, uh, the uh, ungulate fawn drop of uh, mountain goats, deer and elk up and above tree line in the alpines and meadows. So yeah. they're always moving around. Yeah. Do, do they actively hunt other animals as well, like deer, moose, or bears, or anything like that, or do they? Uh, they yeah, mainly do they, do... They, they they mainly pick beans, human beans. Yeah. No, oh. <laughs> 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 no, they're the, the they're the epitome of the apex omnivore in my yeah. region so they're going after everything but one of the things i'm studying like a lot of people like you see on about sasquatch you know they're running into the forest and scrubland of north america and i say it's like rum and rumming ru running into the pubic patch overgrown forest of north america you know you're not going to see bugger all out there in most cases Go to yeah. the beaches low tide with the highest concentration of protein in this natural setting that the scientists have found out about the Pacific Northwest in certain areas of high tide flow. So the yeah. shellfish, the mussels, the seaweeds, the crabs, and the list goes on. So go to the beaches. Go to the areas where you're going to have the greatest chance of seeing them. And I got some pretty good blurry flurf video of Sasquatch walking on the beach at low tide at night. You know, I have other pictures of blurry Sasquatches from a half a mile away out on a beach at low tide. So there's your best place to see them. And, you know, when I didn't have a camera living in the bush, I used to see them from time to time on the flats at low tide. Yeah. But one of the things that you got to look at and what I'm looking at is the urbanized Sasquatch, the one that's coming out of the forest into the edge of the human settlements. Because that's where you're going to find the farms and hobby farms and people with larger properties at the edge of the urban setting, you know, and they have fruit trees, compost boxes, chicken and duck and turkey coops and horse horses and cows and goats and pets. Yeah. There's a lot of human introduced proteins. And that's what I'm studying is the urbanized edge Sasquatches. And it's yeah. amazing finding as far as you know getting some close close encounters not too close yet because we haven't got the good pictures but we're trying but definitely yeah. that's you know come out here i'll take you on an urban sasquatch adventure best part is when you gotta go bathroom we always run five minutes down the road to a gas station get a bathroom break and grab a hot tea because it's cold at two o'clock in the morning out here <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I can imagine Definitely. Yeah, do you get, so are they are they more problem? You seem do you seem to see them more in the winter time, like in the snow and stuff like that, or are they kind of like because it'd be easy to track them then, surely? It's really strange, like you would think, right? But yeah. I'm I'm getting more and more evidence of caching of foods, and I'm pretty I'm getting convinced that they semi hibernate. Like us Indians in the Pacific Northwest, I only speak of my region. In the Pacific Northwest, we went into our winter ceremonials. We basically hunkered down in our big houses in a high concentration shellfish area and with our back to the prevailing winter winds with trees and, and, uh, and you know, mountain or hill. 
And we hunkered down and celebrated the abundance of spring, summer, and fall because we dried and smoked all of this different food. And I'm thinking that the Sasquatches are doing the same thing because out here in the Pacific Northwest, when the snow comes, you don't see Indians out there hunting. We don't like snow. And I think that's uh-huh. indicative of our Sasquatches. They don't like snow either because they're not leaving a lot, very many tracks. And when we do yeah. find them, <clears throat> they're leading down the mountains and hills to the salt water. And they're swimming across the salt water into the archipelago between Vancouver Island and the mainland, the hundreds of thousands of islands where the shellfish beds are, where they're in a snow shadow. You don't get very much snow. It might get a foot of snow on Vancouver Island, but you look across the channel some five mile, there's no snow over there. It's all green still. The archipelago yeah. is a snow shadow. And I think that's where, and I, actually, I know that's where the Sasquatches are in the wintertime. Yeah. Ah, wow. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to wrap this up shortly, Tom. Um, just before we go, did you want to plug anything? Did you want to tell anyone about anything? Did you want to, obviously you've mentioned your website. Have you got anything else that you want to speak to our listeners about? Oh, no, just basically, you know, look at it with an open mind. Uh, always be respectful of them. Uh, yeah. And always remember that about 25 to 30 years ago, if you said from British Columbia, Canada, that I saw a white black bear out in the forest, people would call you crazy and say you were seeing a figment <laughs> of your imagination. Right. What were you smoking? What were you drinking? Well, I'm yeah. pushing... And I'm, you know, one of the guys that uh, has been really heavy in ecotourism for over 35 years. I'm actually one of the guys that helped incorporate the Indian cultural component into that little event called the 29 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. And that was my cousin who helped design the medals for the 2010 Olympics. So I'm Mr. Tommy Tourism. So I look at Sasquatches like grizzly bears right now in Canada and the U.S. and Alaska. They're booming industries. I look at it like whale watching all through the world. 35 years ago, no one was paying to go see whales and dolphins. Now they are. They're even going to see whale sharks. So Sasquatches are the next tourism frontier. And I'm one of the pioneers, as I was the first Indian to do a commercial grizzly bear tour in British Columbia back in the 80s. And the first human to do a commercial whale watch tour for orcas in 1980 when I was 16 years old. So now I'm the pioneer of being the first Indian doing expeditions and tours to hopefully see Sasquatch. And if not, at least you're going into supernatural Pacific Northwest and seeing the beauty of our world and the Sasquatch world as well. So yeah. you're, you're ahead, of the, ahead of the curve, Tom, ahead of the curve. Oh yeah. Well, you got to be like your ancestors when they came to North America. what they do? They were smart. They chartered themselves an Indian guide. I'm just a modern day Indian guy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Brilliant. Right, thank, yeah. thank you so much for coming on, Tom. Uh, that's Tom. Oh, let's try your name again. Tom Seawid. T O M dot S E W I D at gmail.com. Tom dot Seawid at gmail.com. And uh, don't forget saying that. Don't forget to send me a link for this show so I can post I it on Sasquatch will. Island and other what places. I, I absolutely will. What I'll do is once once I publish the show, I'll send you the link to your Facebook or something or even to this. And if you can stick it up. Um, today, I'm going to request to join your group. So look out for us, me and Lee. Yeah. Yes, will do. Definitely. 
Okay, we, thank you are, very are much. We're we gonna we're gonna try and win one of your uh, experiences. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Me, me, me and Leah, nice. yeah, me and Leah both nice. got small cocks, so we'll be all right. Thank you, Tom, and me and me and Leah be back in a minute. And thank you to Tom. Shut up and sit down. Of the week time. Yes, we love a bit of that. I'm going to try not to do a 60 hour hate of the week this week. No, no. Just a short Just, week, just the 50 hour. Yeah. So, Lee, <laughs> you can go first. Hate of yes. the week. Hit it. No worries. So, my hate of the week this week, and everyone's going to be so shocked at this, is conspiracies. Conspiracy Lee. Yeah. This is. The biggest shock in hate of the week history. I know, mate. I know. It's mental. So, what isn't do it? you mean by conspiracies? All of the conspiracies, or some mate, of them getting on your tits? Just probably, probably most of them, really. Yeah. Because I, I went through years and years. Obviously, it, like people obviously listening to this channel know me as conspiracy league. I went through years and years. You're, of, not, you're of, not losing. Your, you're not going to lose your nickname, by the way. You're conspiracy nah. league. No, that's fine. My little boy knows she was conspiracy, Lee, and I don't want to break his <laughs> No, but I, I went through years and years of thinking, right, okay, that's an agenda, this an agenda, that's an agenda. And do you know what? After talking to well-informed people and just looking into things a little bit more than I usually did, you kind of realise that it's all a load of utter bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. It's just bullshit. It's just like <laughs> there's we're killing our podcast like <laughs> eight of the week. But just to let everybody know, we're still going to cover conspiracies. Yeah, yeah but absolutely. Like I, I've always been of the frame of mind that Lee's now at. Like I, I love they're interesting, and sometimes I see bits and pieces in conspiracies that I think that could be true. Yeah. But then when people start to take it a bit too far. Like, for a start, I've been waiting 25 years for martial law. When's that going to happen? <laughs> you say right now is going to be the perfect time, and it still ain't happening, though, is it? Do you, do, you know, do you know what my wife said to me yesterday? What? And she went to me, oh, of all this, all this stuff going on soon, they're going to uh, say aliens are invading the Earth. <laughs> and I just fucking burst. Conspiracy, I, Emma. Yeah, I just burst out laughing that, right? I went, do you know what? There's been talk of that kind of agenda, that talk, that kind of false flag of aliens uh, invading the earth. So <laughs> it kind of made me laugh, and I've just thought myself, you know, I used to really think like that. Yeah, it, and it, so I tell you what the trouble is, Lee. It it weighs you, it wears you down, doesn't it? It does, mate. It but does. when you keep looking at things, and it does seem interesting, you do feel like secret squirrel, don't you? Like you yeah. start watching all these videos, and you think. Wow, I'm so smart. I know all these other people that walk around don't know this is going on. Yeah. I need to tell them this is going on. This is we've yeah. all been there, and yeah. um, and when you actually see like when you when you've been following stuff like this for twenty odd years, like me and probably you, yeah, um, since I was sort of the late nineties, I was hearing all this sort of stuff was coming, and then with nine eleven, it really kicked in, um, and you keep thinking this all seems credible. This all seems credible. And then you realise how long has passed. And you think, 
if these people are running the world and they're manipulating everybody, they're a bit fucking shit at it. Yeah. How long do yeah. they need? Yeah. That they're oh, all yeah, so I... old that why would they why would they be playing a long game to get what they want? Exactly. Yeah. And and I, I see someone on a conspiracy group the other day and, and it reminded me of everybody, myself and everybody that's ever been in this frame of mind. It's yeah. obviously a bloke, a young bloke that's just discovered this world. And he's yeah. talking to people like they don't know. He's on a conspiracy group, Lee. And he's talking <laughs> to people like, did you know there's a yeah. secret society, the Bilderbergs and the Illuminati? And it's all, and everyone's like, no. <laughs> and I went, you knew here, mate. <laughs> That's just, like, that was probably me once. Yeah, that, that, that was me 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is with it all, it, it's like, I'll give an example. Um, I think, like, you know about this. We had a conversation about this the other day about the UN's uh, Agenda <laughs> 21, right? Yeah. Agenda 21, right? I've got conspiracy friends who bang on about this UN Agenda. To, oh, yeah, depopulation, the world, blah, blah, and all this. It's fact. It's on official documents in the uh, UN's on the UN's website. So I decided. Hold on a minute. I've got. I've got to say this. Right. It's so secret. This yeah. that they they really. It's what the government like. That people just say the government like it's all encompassing everything. The <laughs> yeah. government don't yeah. want us to know. And you know, you know, Aaron. No, they don't want us to know this because yeah. they've put it the whole document online for everybody to read. Yeah, that's so much they don't fucking want us to know. <laughs> yeah, so right. So I thought right when we had this conversation that like, I told you about all this agenda twenty one, which you you knew about already. Yeah. Uh, right. I no, I decided idiot that gets brain that gets all my information from CNN, which I don't even get in the UK. Yeah. Some you just listen to CNN. No. Yeah. I just I just dismiss this bollocks quicker than you do. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So so I decided to have a look, and I was I was I was reading it. I was watching videos on it and everything. Not once does it say in Agenda Twenty One of the UN official document that they want to depopulate the world. No. Not once. It's all it is. It's about yeah. It, it's 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 totally. A, the opposite of what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So there's there's a little example. When you hear of conspiracy bullshit, depopulation of the world, of the UN official document, just go and have a read. Go read it. Don't listen to people telling you what it says. And don't listen to them cherry picking words. Look, they said they said um, sustainable. That means if the numbers keep going up, it won't be sustainable. So that means they're going to depopulate the world. No, yeah. it doesn't mean that. It means they've got to try to find better ways to do things to be sustainable. Yeah. Like a new way for cars to run and things like that. Sustainable energy. Farming, everything. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean they're going to kill everybody to make the current way sustainable. Yeah, it doesn't say that anywhere. Yeah, it's frustrating, you know, frustrating because it scares people and it makes people yeah, it does, have yeah. less quality of life because they're constantly yeah. thinking. I mean, um, here's another one. Do you remember? I'm guessing it was the early 2000s mm. when 
we were all. I mean, this is a stupid, especially people in the UK are right. Yeah. America, right? Fair enough. The, all this stuff is relevant to them, but people listen to American conspiracies, talk about them in the UK, and say the government, like that's our <laughs> government. The government want us to what? Who? Boris Johnson? What's he got to do with FEMA camps? What are you talking about? Exactly right. Just exactly. blows my mind as people just repeat what they hear and yeah. think they're intelligent. Yeah, can I've been I, waiting I... for these FEMA camps for twenty years. Yeah, FEMA has got nothing to do with the UK. No. They're just to come and round us up. Round us up. <laughs> Bit of a job, wouldn't they? Is it? Is it not three billion Jeremy? people in America? <laughs> yeah, just send the army out to round them up. That's how yeah. the Put them in FEMA camps, especially pretty fucking big camps. Yeah, yeah, put, them in, yeah. put them in the camps and then all the elite can go into their caves. <laughs> You've heard all this shit, right? Yeah. All, all the elites can go into their caves to hide from the, from the um, Nibiru that's on its way. <laughs> and, it, and everyone, had, you laugh, but you probably once thought this was real. So did I. Yes. yes. Right, uh, and the planet's going. When it passes by, it's going to cause the, the the poles are going to flip, and and everybody and everybody's going to get thrown off the Earth. Well, if this is going to happen, why are they putting us in camps? Just go into your hole, go into your cave, George Bush and all your all your mates at the time. Go into your your hole, your little uh, mountain underneath Denver Airport. Go there, and let us all get thrown off the Earth in our houses then. When the poles flip. What are you putting this in camps for? None of it makes any sense. Uh, Do you know know what, Matt, right? Being a conspiracy theorist is a burden. It is. It's an absolute burden. And Mm. because all you do, you waste so much valuable time that you could spend with other people having good time. Exactly. Researching bullshit. This is what I'll say. It's fun to talk about. It's fun yeah. to look into. And yeah. there are elements of truth to all of it, right? Yeah. But what happens is people take those elements of truth and they're not interesting enough. So they yeah. make them worse. And then people go look at them, add their own little bit because their mates look at them like they're weird. Yeah. Then they say it's all documented because Alex Jones told them it was documented. <laughs> no one's seen these documents. It's all documented. Where? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you really think that that fat piece of shit has got access to government documents? And if he has, if he just happens to have um, access to government documents, what the fuck's that got to do with Boris Johnson? <laughs> do you know what? Is is the li- is the person that they'll least trust? with fucking government documents if they was exactly. to even think of they really to. think that trump's giving or not trump now because trump's you know called just most conspiracy theories trump's not anything to do he's against the conspiracy he's going to expose all of them after four years yeah. he ain't exposed any of them which means there's nothing to expose doesn't yeah. it yeah you, you've got pick yeah. one or the other he's either going to expose all of these things and let us all know or he's in on it yeah. right you, or or option three the truth they don't exist <laughs> that's the one I'm betting for anyway yeah. are you done with your conspiracy I'm thing? done with it mate yeah so I'm yeah. just trying to keep this a bit short we could we could rant about conspiracy theories and the, the way they terrify people yeah um, but yeah I, I I already know you've won hate of the week 
because of mine. <laughs> I'm going to take a step back from what I normally do. I normally talk about things that are meaningful and yeah. things that really wind me up. But now I'm just going to talk about something that, that just pisses me off. But has got no, <laughs> yeah. has got no real significance to anyone's life. Yeah. My hate of the week is Roadrunner. <laughs> Oh, I fucking hate Roadrunner <laughs> so much. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the most, if anyone's ever seen Roadrunner, it's an old cartoon, if there's any, I doubt there's any millennials listening to this show. If you are, why aren't you at the march today? <laughs> That's where you should be. Anyway, um, yeah. the thing I hate the most about Roadrunner is the fact that enough, like just once I wanted him to fall into a trap and he never did. No. Like he's always getting chased by the coyote everywhere. Yeah. And to the point the coyote picks up that paint, doesn't he? Yeah. And, he'll, and he'll get a sheet out and he'll paint. He'll get a brick wall and he'll paint the, the road like it continues. Yeah. 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 And Roadrunner <laughs> will then run into the wall and the road will continue. <laughs> like it was never a painting. And then coyote will go, oh, look at the camera and go, oh, fuck, sort of thing. And then <laughs> run at the wall and there'll be a wall. <laughs> And then the wall will collapse on him and then look at the camera and a bump will rise from his head or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just once. Like, I just, I, I've always said this, right? If I yeah. win the lottery, I yeah. will make a Roadrunner film. And the <laughs> yeah. whole way through, the whole way through, that this shit will happen, right? Roadrunner yeah. will outsmart the coyote. And at the end, the coyote is going to catch the Roadrunner. Yeah. It's going to wring its fucking neck. <laughs> and then it's going to put it in a fucking pot and eat the cunt. Yes. Meep, meep. And, yeah. and then while it's eating it with a knife and fork, it's going to go, me, 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 fucking me. That's <laughs> brilliant. That's what's how it's gonna end. Oh mate, that is fucking. And then, brilliant. and then that annoying little twat is gonna pop up on the screen, whichever one that is, and go. That's all, folks. <laughs> and then it goes. The end. <laughs> oh mate, that was fucking brilliant. Oh man, you won that one. That was brilliant. Nah, your one was better. <laughs> your one's a real world problem. My one's just a thing that's always irritated me. No, Roadrunner's a fucking real world problem. I hate problem. Roadrunner. Roadrunner. I just never even got close to being caught. Yeah. Roadrunner's like, more, more ridden than anything, mate. But the, um, the, sometimes when Roadrunner like, runs to the edge, like, and he'll paint a cliff edge or something. Yeah. And Roadrunner just runs across the thin air to the next mountain. <laughs> So Coyote thinks, well, if he, does, if he did it, I can do it. He'd run all the way out, get about halfway for some reason. Always get about halfway. Yeah. And then yeah. look at the camera, pull a stupid face, and then hold up a sign that says, oh, fuck, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Then that and whistle, then fall. And the, right? whistle, the whistle with the fall, Matt. The whistle so with the it, fall. Yeah, the whistle with the fall. And when he hits the floor... Yeah, the puff, smoke, the puff of smoke coming from the, the dirt. puff of smoke. This is what always happens. The puff of smoke comes out of the ground. Coyote's head then pops up. Yeah, yeah. And then Roadrunner's standing on the top of the mountain, looking down at him, and goes me me, and then runs <laughs> off. Right? <laughs> no. And then the road, the Roadrunner runs off, and yeah. whilst when he runs off, he dislodges a rock. 
and then the rock falls down directly on top of Coyote again. <laughs> Are we feeling a bit sorry for the Coyote? Yeah. yeah. No, I, just, I just think I'd be so annoyed. Oh, mate, it's like them dreams you have when you can't punch. Yeah, I've had some of them. Yeah, and um, that's how the Coyote must feel in, ev- in every day of his life. Yeah, I'm, I'm having that, that reality now, like. What? Where I just want to punch, but I can't. Yeah, I just want to say things <laughs> you can't. Yeah. <laughs> right, so anyway, I'm, I'm voting for conspiracy theories as hate of the week. As a, as yes. the Coyote is a bit silly, but it's funny and Hi. it's annoying. Very funny, I love it. I don't think it's a hate of the week. Uh, meh, meh. Yeah. Is <laughs> 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 this after all he fucking says? Trent Coyote is a, a, a mute. Mm. It's magician, isn't he? Because he always pops up with, with like pot, pots of paint and signs in midair and stuff like that. He just pulls things out of nowhere. Yeah, goes to local Julux Centre quickly. Yeah, lots of paint. <laughs> yeah, it was just Acme on it or something, didn't it? Like the paint, ACME. Yeah, what is that? I don't know what that is. If anyone knows what that is, at Whatcast on the Twitter. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up because I I need to know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's the end of this week's show. So Lee wins hate of the week for the first time in a little. Yes. Month. And that's what happens when you pick a worthwhile hate, Lee, rather than water. <laughs> And stuff like that. <laughs> you get you get a win under your belt. Yes, it's my um, first W, isn't it? No, nah, you've had a few Ws, but not not for a few weeks because I've nah. had my rents. But um, yeah. you want to? Which accent do you want to sign off on today? Uh, I think I'm going to go for um, New Zealand. New Zealand? Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, I can, mate. Yeah. Well, you haven't done any of the others so far that you claim you can do. So let's see if you can do New Zealand. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ready? Mm-hmm. See you later, you mongrels. Hang on, this is Australian. <laughs> <laughs> and the only way we, the only way we know it's Australian is because you say mongrels at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is just scouse. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'll do a different one. Ready? I'll do Go New on. Zealand. See you later, you fish. You what? <laughs> what did you say? Fish. 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 That's how they say that's how they say fish, isn't it? Fish. Oh my god. Do, do you want some fash? Fash? Fish? Yeah, I can't, I know what I know what you're getting at. I don't know too many things. <laughs> I'm sort of hearing it in my head. Maori, isn't it? Maori or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they're called over. That's what they call themselves. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Lee's say just say goodbye in in uh, conspiracy Lee voice. All right. Goodbye, you mongrels. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mongrels. Right, and we'll, we'll see you next week. We'll see We'll see you next show. I don't know if it'll be a week, it might not be, because we're trying to get a schedule together here, but, you know, who knows? We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios. So you've got to do Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>